Good evening, afternoon, night, morning. When we finally watch or listen to this podcast, it is me, Omar the Burger Popper. Uh, back again with another off-season episode. I mean, these off-season topics keep coming, you know, but I, I guess uh, you know, I just I'm just glad to have people able to talk, talk, uh, talk with me about just the, any random stuff in the college football offseason. Uh, it's kind of interesting too because now we're at a high tide in the offseason conference realignment and conference schedule releases happening. Uh, especially like the big news yesterday with UMass joining a conference, which I'm sure a lot of college football is happy about that. Um, I mean, it, it's just good to see the Minutemen in a conference. But joining me today, I have a, I have a new guest. I have Josh Keatley, um, a, a, a writer uh, for – he writes about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm sorry, the, the name of the site escapes me, which is why you're here to provide your introduction um, and provide your plug for your site. Uh, but Josh, thanks for uh, for taking the time in the Eastern time zone. It's nine o'clock right now. It's seven o'clock here. And I really, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, I, I write for Buckeyes Wire. It's, it's good. It's good reading. If you're on the toilet, just scroll through. So, you know, <laughs> part of that USA Today network. It's a, it's a good time to see, you know, every now and again, I write something meaningful, like a, a scouting report on a recruit every now and again. And uh, I'm I'm the local uh, alternative football guy. So KJ Hill got picked up by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I was all over that. But yeah, Buckeyes Wires, you can find most of my work. Yeah, see, I thought it was Buckeyes Wire. Buckeyes Wire, but I don't want to say the wrong site and promote someone else instead of you. You know, I, I, I didn't no want problem. that to happen. But, no but yeah, like, I mean, shoot, alternative football is coming soon. I mean, I think uh, the indoor football league kicks off first i think um and yes. i'm a big ifl guy i know the if the afl is coming back but um it's just a great time it's football every year but it's just weird because we have these these saturdays now like the three or so of saturdays that's just kind of awkward there's just nothing happening like period well i i like i used to get uh, the columbus destroyers i used to get season tickets when they were here uh when, when they came back to their their reiteration with fabian gare i'm sure you're you know you, you're familiar with his game if you're an ifl guy um usfl guy but uh it was, it was always a good time. You know, the tickets were like 10 bucks. You go in there. And if you're like me, you know, you spent the majority of college and pro season writing and grinding. And, and it's fun to watch those games, but it's more or less a job. But arena football, you know, when you go to an arena football game, you're just there, dude. It's just fun. You're there just laid back, eating the main, grab a hot dog and chill. So it's always a good time. I, I that's I'm with you, man. I like that. So you, you throw, throw out some cash on some USFL or CFL games. I guess it's the UFL this year, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I enjoy the alternative football scene. Yeah, exactly. I fell too. Duke City Gladiators, always a fun time. I mean, um, yeah, my family loves going to those games. Uh, it's like ten minutes away from the from my mom's house and everything whenever I visit. But yeah, like, um, shoot, we can talk all day about alternative football, but not not the reason we're here. You know, I, I had to ask a uh, a resident Big Ten expert on this, and more importantly, an Ohio State expert for this topic. Because as you as you know, if you uh watch or listen to this podcast or read my writing for red shirt sports, you know, I'm a group of five and FCS guy. Power five, not exactly my forte, or I guess my focus. <laughs> Uh, my folk. I, I should say focus because I can't. I can talk about the Power Five. But last week, um, I guess the big news last week was uh with Northwestern. The not only not only the announcement of a couple games, or I guess the uh, leaking of a couple game sites this year since Ryan Field will be renovated over the next two seasons. But the uh, the I guess Wildcat report I think on Rivals released that Ohio State would play Northwestern on November 16th at Wrigley Field. And of course, I was surprised. I mean, anyone that has any um any I guess, concept of of financial literacy was surprised with this because 
Wrigley Field only holds 37,000. Soldier Field, on the, hand, on the other hand, while the smallest stadium in the NFL, holds over 60,000. So really confusing. But as far as it looks like, it looks like logistical issues forced uh, Northwestern. I guess forced is just like a strong word because you're playing at Wrigley Field, for goodness sake. Forced to Northwestern to host Ohio State. Uh, so I wanted to know your thoughts, Josh, as an Ohio State fan. Um, do you like playing at Wrigley? Are you excited? Or is this whole situation just kind of Bush League? No, you're you, you're always it's it's exciting because Wrigley Field is such an iconic ballpark. I mean, I I, I see you wearing wearing the Cubs jersey, and I, I went to Valparaiso, which is in about an hour east of Chicago. That was, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but it's just Wrigleyville, such a cool area. It's just, it feels like it's such a part of history. So that I feel like it'll be really cool to see a football game live from such an odd experience um you know i, I kind of always like that that's the i know i I, know, I heard you say you were a neutral site guy and one of your podcasts and i'm kind of the same way where it's like i don't like I, i'm never gonna vote for a neutral site game but if it happens i'm never gonna poo-poo on it uh when the browns played the shoe for one of their summer practices i was all over because i thought it'd be so weird to see the browns in the shoe um so I, I think that there's definitely excitement about it i'm not excited about the parking situation um i'm not excited about the logistics of all the people how the state fans travel very well um that's why you know that's why there's a lot of bias towards ohio state to get that buckeye bump right everybody wants that that everybody wants that fan base money and uh so it's such a small area like that i don't know what's going to happen i guess your better option is to be parking far away and take the l train or, or whatever um down there but that's going to be a logistical nightmare uh but northwestern was kind of a nightmare too man that stadium was real small it was not a big 10 stadium uh you i think you you kind of nailed it on the head when you said it was kind of reminds you of like an ivy league stadium i don't know if i would uh, it's not i know you didn't mean it as an insult but i don't know if i would classify as an ivy league stadium uh but it's definitely doesn't you know you got the big the big house and you got the shoe and then you got Happy Valley, and then you got Ryan Field. One thing is not like the other, dude. Um, and it wasn't just that it was small. It was that it was so awkward. It's a pain to get in. It's a pain to get out. You know, it doesn't feel like there's nothing. It's just it's not It's not a fun time. So Wrigleyville can't be any worse than that. Um, I don't know why they're not playing it in Soldier Field. I don't know what the logistics are, are in regard to that. But I do feel like this is probably a, a more happy medium for Northwestern. Last time they were forced in a similar situation, they played Ohio State in Cleveland Stadium. Um, and that really sucked for them. I think they lost like 35-0. to zero. Um, The stadium was filled with nothing but Ohio State fans. I mean, this is kind of before my time. This is back when I was a baby. But, you know, you go back and watch the games and all that. Um, you know, the the recollections from people that were there were just all Ohio State fans. So I feel like this is probably better than that. Um, it's definitely going to be better than playing. They're playing Wisconsin and, uh, and Green Bay. So it's going to be better that than that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to bode well for Northwestern at all. So this, this provides some kind of home field advantage. Um, I think that the new stadium is going to be great. I, I, I just feel like it's coming at a really bad time for Northwestern, if that makes sense. I feel like the program is kind of recovering. Um, you know, whether you believe Pat Fitzgerald deserved to be fired or not, you can't debate that he had the program in kind of a, a, a solid area. Um, and Braun came in and did a very admirable job. He was up for multiple Coach of the Year awards. Um, and I think that this might smash a lot of the goodwill and momentum that he had in a crucial growing point of the Big Ten. So I feel bad for Northwestern fans, but as an Ohio State fan, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I guess the only negative is that Ohio State is 
perennially injured all the time. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson, I mean, Nick Bosa, Chase. I mean, you name it. Their star players are always getting hurt, dude. So when you hear about a football game on a baseball field, you immediately go, oh, no, what could go wrong? But that's, you know, that's overreacting just from a pure, a pure fan standpoint. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was gonna have a question about that, but you nailed it on the head. Uh, I guess con- your concerns about injuries with uh, because with the sod being laid over the diamond, you know, it's always a concern, especially in late November, not late, sorry, mid November at you know at Wrigley, it, it is a concern. And I, I remember like a couple years ago watching uh the Purdue Northwestern game at Wrigley, there was an accidental onside kick because the kicker slipped on some replay sod and just you know the ball deflected off a Northwestern player. Um, so it, it, it was, I mean, it, it is an issue and especially with the grind of a 12 of the 12 team playoff, like it, it's just crazy that something as little as an injury caused, uh, I guess it's just like insane butterfly effects. Something as little as injury caused your Wrigley field because Northwestern wanted to renovate their stadium because, mm-hmm. and, you know, because of poor planning where they knew about this since 2021, they, they knew about this <laughs> know, since right? 2021, yeah. uh, and then now they're being forced in the situation. It's just it's just ridiculous. But I mean, I think I think I think you um you hit the nail on the head about. I mean, I love neutral side f- football even more. I love ballpark football. You know, as a army fan my whole life, as army grad, like I, I I'm sure like the only thing I talk about like I guess I guess the thing I talk about the most lately is army Notre Dame 2024. You know, this year the you know with Yankee Stadium and everything. So I love ballpark football. I I love this. It just seems a bit funny to see Ohio State playing in a 37,000 seat stadium because of just you know yeah. the um the the command that they had, the brand that they are. Like um for instance, like I mean I, I think about too like uh, the Navy game, the home and home with Navy, how that game was placed at Baltimore in the Ravens yeah. Stadium, um which I mean it's crazy to. to to think that uh, Navy led the eventual national champions at halftime. I think either they led at halftime or like only down by three. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, uh, those are good times for the program. Um, I believe that was yeah. JT Barrett's first start, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it, yeah, it was. Yeah. Cause it was right. Right. There was Mark, uh, Braxton Miller got her. JT Barrett got the start. And everybody was like, this is it. They're not going to win any games. <laughs> and then they have turned around just in time. Next next week was uh, I think that because that they lost the net they lost the next week to Virginia Tech. So But yeah, you, uh, they've they've had numerous football games at Ridley Field. Someone that was as much more intelligent about the injury aspect the, than I um reached out to me because I think I even tweeted something like, oh, what's gonna happen with the injuries? And they said, Josh, that's your that's that's silly. Like they kind of went through all the games that have happened at Ridley the last couple of years. Um, Cause there's been quite a few in the last decade and there's been no serious injuries uh, as far as non-contact goes. Um, you know, obviously if you get a concussion, that's not, that's not the field's fault. Right. But if you look at, you know, this guy tearing his ACL or doing that or doing this, those things are pretty easy to find. And uh, that is, I, I can admit that's an overreaction. It's not going to go away. I mean, he, he made me not say it as much in public, but the fear is still in the back of my mind. Right. So, but that's, again, that's coming from an Ohio State fan who there's always a serious injury every single year. So. Yeah, I mean, it is fair to be concerned about that, too, like you say, with the, with the major injuries happening so frequently. I guess uh, to shift gears a little bit, um, I guess, would you prefer to have this game at Soldier Field? I think I would have just because it would have been – I think it would have been easier as someone who has to – that goes to these games. Um, and I think it, it, it's obviously a football field, right? Um, so I think I would have preferred it at Soldier Field. Now, with that said – 
there is an excitement of like, oh man, I get to go to like, it, it Wrigley Field's just a cool place, man. I mean, it's just, it just is. It's just kind of, it's got a flair to it. Like you talked about, you know, the the game in Army State or uh, Yankee Stadium. It's just, there's uh, those baseball, the baseball stadiums are just older. They're more classic. There's just more love there. Um, you know, and Soldier Field's a cool place. I'm not bashing on it, but, you know, it looks like a spaceship now. And that love is not, as, it's not as abundant. It would have been very cool, but it's just not. So Wrigley, Wrigley, it's the selfish person sitting in the stands. Yes, Wrigley Field is way cooler. But as speaking from a pure football standpoint and, you know, logistical, like, hey, what do the players probably want, what's probably better for the team, Soldier Field is probably the better outcome. But, you know, it is what it is. Either way, Ohio State fans are going to pack. Either either way, Northwestern's Northwestern team is going to have it worse with the fans and the logistics for their side because it's just it's not going to be a home game. It's just not. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and, and and I agree both ways. Like, I mean, I can see the argument for Soldier Field and everything with it being better from a revenue standpoint, from a logistical yeah. standpoint, with it being a football stadium and, and everything. Um, but I mean, yeah, Wrigley Field, it's just it's just cool. I mean, like I'm not even a cool. Cubs fan, but it's just like it's like stepping into um, you know, it's just step like stepping into a time machine. Honestly, uh, yeah. I was at the I was at that Northwestern Purdue game bucket list game for sure and um it was it was just amazing honestly it's 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 like it's like heaven i, I can't even think of a, a better way to put it probably is a better way to put it but i can't think of it right now uh wrigley field football um but i guess i guess with like i know you mentioned like lambo i guess lambo field and everything would you would you prefer to be the lambo game instead of uh instead of wisconsin i guess so northwestern could have some semblance of a uh a dignity yeah. a dignity i guess <laughs> Oh yeah, no. If I'm Northwestern, I I don't know I don't know why they didn't play them at Wrigley or Soldier as well. But I, you know I'm not intelligent enough to understand the you know the financial expectation there, what was going on. But yeah, you don't want to play Madison. That's an automatic L. I mean, because you can't. I mean, at least if you're if you're playing it, if you play it in Green Bay, there's a little bit you can kind of control the ticket allotment. I I feel like you can have a little bit more control over. It. You're still going to be outnumbered, but you play it in Madison. No man, because part of that part of that's the atmosphere that surrounds that area too. Um, yeah, I mean you don't want no part of that. Wisconsin's pretty. That's a pretty nasty area. That's pretty. I mean, I've been to a couple of Wisconsin games. It gets uh, it gets pretty rowdy up in there. So I would much rather. I think Lambo is probably the better. If you're a Northwestern fan, you should be thankful you're playing a Lambo. I think. I, I would I would agree. Um, uh, so I guess to kind of like I guess bring things back to the past. Um. So 2009, Ohio State plays Toledo at Cleveland. Um, do you think that Ohio State could have had the bargaining power to move north this Northwestern game to Cleveland, like that North, like that Northwestern game in '91 that you were talking about, and you know, like that Toledo game in 2009? And I guess, like, I guess, did, were Ohio State fans? I guess, if you have any recollection, like, were Ohio State fans, I guess, thrilled to play at the Brown Stadium, or was it just kind of like a formality? Formality. Um, I I think that when they look at it. I think if they understand that, like, hey, this is this is a way. This is an away game, so this is the best away game we can get, right? Um, but yeah, it's not something you know. It is what it is. They, they did the same thing. Uh, I think it was the national championship year when they played Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium instead of Nipper. Um, so it's not an uncommon thing. Ohio State fans are pretty used to it. Um, you know, we kind of know what the deal is. I don't the bargain. I think Ohio State probably did. Why they didn't push through it, I don't know. Um, I, I 
the part that makes it confusing because a part of me thinks that Northwestern wanted to have some games. Wrigley, Wrigleyville gives you the illusion that it's a home game, right? You are going to get some Northwestern people to go there, um, you know, because they're in Chicago. That's where their fan base is. But so that was my thought. Well, that's why they want to play in Cleveland this year because they have a plan. They're going to try to keep these games in Chicago and that Chicago land area, yada, yada, yada. But then you hear that they're going to play in Lambeau, with Wisconsin. You're like, well, clearly they don't care. Right, because that's a death sentence. Why wouldn't they want to play in Cleveland instead? But I don't know. So I don't really know what the thought process was there. Um, I definitely think that if Ohio State wanted to be like, no, we're not playing in Wrigleyville. I mean, who's going to say no? I mean, we, we went over a giant list as to why it doesn't make sense. Um, so I think that Ohio State probably could have done it. Like I said, you know, parking, uh, the the attendance is lower. Um, you know, it's a baseball field. So I think that Ohio State definitely could have flexed their muscle and be like, nah, dude. We're going to Cleveland, but why they didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, man. Like, um, I, I think Northwestern. It, I mean, it's already a bad look that they're playing in Lambeau for one of their games. And I, I guess nice. reading the article, yeah. like reading the article, it's like I think uh, their old athletic director who I guess worked for the Packers or works for the Packers currently he um had like a deal with them to have a game in 2024 and 2025 at Lambeau and it's just like it's it's some favor you know you know I guess like playing they had played a de facto road game and whatnot so I guess like doing that twice kind of it's definitely a really poor look for uh for Northwestern so I I can understand but I, I guess like Ohio State like you know Money talks, you know, I mean, why they didn't cut a check to to Northwestern to do that, you know, I don't know, because we've seen other Big Ten schools like do that. I mean, I can think of Penn State and Indiana and like I think 09 or, or 2010 where like Indiana played a home game in Washington, D.C. against Penn State. And it's like, you know, we, yeah. we, we know what's going on. I mean, um, yeah, so. Well, you, I also wonder if it, I also wonder how much say. A TV network maybe have gotten involved. I'm sure that will come out as, as we get closer to the football season. Uh, but you know, when Penn, I think it was Penn State, Michigan State played in Detroit. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, NBC was the driving force behind that, and that, or maybe it was Fox Camera. But it was very clear, and it came out that a TV station was very, very behind pushing that to be an indoor game in Detroit. So maybe we're going to hear maybe that. Maybe some of these TV stations or TV networks had a little push behind it. Um, that would fill in a lot of the gaps for me. Um, as far as why they made the decisions that they made. But like you said, they've been completely unorganized. This this whole Ryan Field uh, renovation has not been news. This has been going on for a while. They knew it was coming. The fact that they don't have a plan, and you are in the Big Ten. The Big Ten has been in flux. There's other teams coming in. They're kind of, and it's just, it's, it's kind of a bad look for what should be a major program, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd hate to use a term that's um, floating around, but a uh, Power Two program or a Big Two yeah. program. Um, it is it is a really bad look. Um, so uh, I, I guess you mentioned television and something I, I, I wanted to ask. So um, 2021's game for uh, Northwestern Purdue at Wrigley Field, Big Ten Network this past year, even though it was an instant classic, Iowa Northwestern, and there was a Big Ten conference implications on the line at that point. Uh, and, you know, Iowa hit the, you know, if you're a baseball historian, they they you have the homer in the gloaming, Gabby Hartnett, 1938. They kicked the field goal in the gloaming. You know, as 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 Wrigley Field was begin was be, uh, becoming darker, do you think that that Ohio State Northwestern will be uh, either you know big noon kickoff or a um or I guess a CBS three thirty kickoff or do you think it's just destined for Peacock at this point? 
God, I was thinking Peacock, man. That was my that was my initial <laughs> reaction. You kind of made me feel bad for thinking that. Like, oh man, maybe there's more historical implications behind this. It is kind of cool. Maybe they'll put it on TV. But, but I don't think that they want to have Ohio State on a major network with 30,000 people in the stands either. Anyways, I, I feel like there's just a lot of factors. To, I mean, yeah, man. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think Northwestern's gonna be very good this year either. I think that they kind of mm. had that uh, that dead cat, cat bounce a little bit after the firing of Pat Fitzgerald and things kind of broke their way. Um, you know, I, I just feel like it's it's going to, I don't think it's going to be a super appealing game to watch. Plus if Ohio state is half as good as everybody expects them to be, they should be just, I mean, you know, the spread, the spread is going to be 30 points. Right. So that was kind of my thought process, but again, I could be wrong. Northwestern's a weird, weird, weird program. You know, maybe they come out guns ablaze and maybe Braun is the real deal as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, I as much as I hate to say it, as I love seeing games like these being showcased to the country and whatnot, I just don't think people care as much, I guess, about, you know, no. ballpark games. Um, I, I guess, like, thinking about the um, the record-setting performance that, uh, shoot, what's that tight end's name? Uh, Dan, Dan Villari, that Dan Villari put out at Yankee Stadium with, uh, I guess, the most rushing yards by a tight end in ACC history at Yankee Stadium. That game was an ACC Network special, even though it was at Yankee Stadium. And it actually was the centennial of the first football game at old Yankee Stadium. Was that uh, on guess, ACC Network? That was on ACC Network. Oh, wow. For some reason, I thought it was on ESPN. For, I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, the the quote-unquote Dan Villari game, the Dan Villari masterclass, I guess. I guess I guess he gets to have his own game slash masterclass or whatever. Uh, the, the best honor you can have. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I just that 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 encompasses what I envision the Ohio State Northwestern viewing place should be. Yeah, like I I just I don't think people care as much about ballpark football as we do. I mean, even thinking back to 2015, the first NBC, I guess uh the Shamrock series was broadcast on NBC Sports Network at, at Fenway Park. First game at Fenway Park since the 60s, you know, since Jim Nance was uh not not the announcer Jim Nance, but big Jim Nance was, you know, playing uh, playing fullback for the Patriots and they destined it to NBC Sports Network. So I, I would agree that it's probably destined for uh, for Peacock, for uh, for a lot of the country to not see, sadly. Yep. yep. Just like uh, what was the what was the game? Uh, Maryland and Charlotte was on Peacock as well. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that was on NBC. That one was actually the big Saturday night game that week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, oh, but then I get, I, I guess, I, so I guess it's probably getting behind that. So, yeah, no, no big Saturday night, especially since it's November too. And uh, we all know how the Big Ten feels about November night games, at least in the Midwest, because now it's a coast to coast conference. So, you know, who knows? We might see USC, UCLA um, on a big Saturday night. Um, But that's, that's pretty much all. I have to discuss really in terms of this. Is there anything that you want to add or any any other discussion points for Ohio State that you want to discuss, Josh? Or... No, man. I you know you were I like I said I've listened I, I've been I listen to your show often. You do a great job. You have some great guests. You guys are very knowledgeable. I I did find it funny you guys were talking about uh, the HBCU stuff uh, on was that your last week's podcast? It was yes, and uh, you know. I'm on the show, obviously, an Ohio State guy, and you guys were talking about FAMU, and I, there's a, a super obvious connection I wanted to bring up. Uh, Rudy Hubbard was the was the running back, running back sat behind Woody Hay, or sat behind Archie Griffin, didn't play much, graduated, was the first, first black coach 
assistant coach in Ohio State history, running backs coach under Woody Hayes, was the head coach of Florida AM, won the first national championship at Florida AM, won two back to back black national college uh, football championships. I thought I would bring that up just because I know you're a historian. You like old school football. Wasn't sure if you were aware of that. Rudy's a very cool guy. I've had the pleasure of speaking with him multiple times. And uh, the fan youth, you know, I think that that's a very cool fact that, uh, you know, he was able to, I don't know, I feel like he built something at FAMU, if that makes sense. So I thought that was cool. I wanted to connect the two podcasts. And, you know, I heard you mention the transfer portal as well. And I, 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 I too, am a little bummed. You know, being a, a smaller school guy as well, even though I do cover Ohio State football, is that they, I do feel like the transfer portal and, and the NIL has killed, starting to kill these smaller schools a little bit. So I do feel for that, even though I do cover Ohio State. I do, I do, uh, I do understand the, uh, you know, Ohio State's in Alabama and Georgia, those big schools are squashed in the bug that it's the small schools, which is kind of ironic because when this whole thing turned around, what I was hearing constantly from a lot of people is that, oh, these small schools are going to have a chance. These small schools are going to have a chance. You know, if you're a kid at OU, the local car dealership is going to give you a car. Well, that ended up being kind of half true. You know, you're getting, if you're, if you're the star running back in Athens, Ohio, you're getting a nice lease on a new Honda Accord, but it's not enough. You know, it's not going to keep you there, dude. So, but so I do feel kind of bad about that. But, you know, what are you going to do? You can't put the toothpaste back on the tube, right? Yeah, no, I like that phrase a lot. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I, I like I like how you mentioned too, Florida A and M, Ohio State, like um that that game. I think um those are the game Kenny got in through like six touchdowns too. Oh, I know that's yeah. where you're going with oh, yeah. that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, yeah, no. I would I wanted to be positive. I wouldn't want to. I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> want to bring up Kenny G destroying them, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know I I didn't know that about uh about Rudy Hubbard. So I I learned something, and you know. Yeah, I guess something else I wanted to ask you is just come to mind, like not even related to like our original topic on the podcast. So I mean, you being a Valpo grad and former Valpo player, uh, I remember in 2022, the the extra game out in the first weekend of December against New oh, Mexico yeah. State. I guess like as a Valpo fan, uh, I know I know their fans were the 20 or so fans that I that I stood slash sat with in the rain that day. Um, they, you know, the they were very casual. 20 fans is impressive, dude. The fact that you found 20 fans is impressive. I was kind of surprised too, because I mean, I cover the PFL, you know. I mean, I, I see, I feel like I'm the only person in like, I guess I'm not even gonna say like, I guess in the red in the in the tw- top twenty five poll in the FCS that probably like pays much mind to the P- Pioneer League, but it it was nice to hear them, you know, to just see them there, you know, and just uh, it it was a it's a blowout, but I guess I guess what are your thoughts like just as a Valpo football alum seeing them go toe to toe with a team that with a bowl champion and an eventual bowl champion. It's cool, man. Uh, so when I got there, and I want to be very clear, I sucked. I want to, so, you know, people, not a whole lot of people, but some people miss me, hey, we good? No, I want to be very clear, I was not, I was not good. <laughs> but uh, when I went, when I, I, I wanted to go to Valpo because, you know, you kind of, it's funny because on your podcast, we talk about Army, you talk about how the conference you say was the first coast to coast conference. Well, that's why I went to Valpo. I was like, man, I get to ride in a plane and go to Jacksonville and San Diego and, you know, uh, I guess it was really the only Mercer, you know, a lot, a lot of was really cool Stetson. Um, so that was one of the things that got me. And at the time, I think David Shaw was still the coach of San Diego and Josh Johnson was kind of, he was, even though he didn't go to Valpo, he, he was used as a, a pretty heavy recruiting tool for every school in that conference at the time. And that was at the time of Jacksonville was pretty good as well. If you remember the Dolphins, um, I think they're the first PFL. I think they were actually the first, the first pioneer football league school to go 
to the playoffs, if I don't, if I remember right. Um, but yeah, so it was, I, that's one of the reasons why I went there. Um, obviously, you know, I wasn't good enough to go to Cincinnati or Buffalo or any of those places. Um, but you know, it, it was, it was, it was cool. We just got, we got beat. I was a part of that team, um, where they, they made it on ESPN, the not top 10, because we got beaten like 80 to nothing. I didn't know this. A former teammate of mine that I still talk to, Nathan Atkins, writes for the Bears Wire, actually, told me, he said, uh, ESPN actually called to make sure that the score was right before they put it on. That's how bad we got beat. That was Jacksonville. Dude. They ran the play, They ran the ball every play in the second half. We still got destroyed. I think they scored like, I don't know, six times in the second half. It was bad. So to see them actually be competitive, that they, they – when I was there, they canned that coach. Then they brought in another coach that they canned right after I left. Uh, but it looks, it seems like they really got, you know, a good foothold on things. They're turning things around, um, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to see them develop into something that is not embarrassing. It's embarrassing that they're the Beacons now. I will say that. That was that. You couldn't find a you couldn't find a lamer nickname if you try. I will never call them the Beacons, bro. We still, I, I, you know, I'm just. It's not. It's not to be like a political or anti woke or whatever they say. Beacons is just a bad name, dude. It's just a bad name. Why they want the Beacons? I don't know. But you could see it when I was in school. When I was there, the, the little the night dude that would walk around, he would have a sword and the shield. And then my sophomore, they took the short the sword away, so he just walked around with the shield. And I was like, it's an odd move, but okay. <laughs> kind of slow. And then they were starting to talk about changing the Crusaders thing, and I was like, oh man. All right, whatever, you know, if you want to change the name, that's cool. And then when I left, it was the Beacons. I was like, dude, bad <laughs> name. Bad name. Out of all the birds of prey, you could find out, you know, what's the, you know, Louisiana Monroe's, the Warhawks and stuff. You could do, there's so many different things you could do. And the Beacons, awful. But yeah, it's, I mean, you know, as, as the foot from the football standpoint, it's pretty cool to see them develop into something that's not embarrassing. They've had a couple uh, guys get shots, not in the NFL, but, and the indoor football league and the UFL and the XFL, uh, which was something that was kind of unheard of. We had a couple guys get a couple shots, but not like this, not increased looks. I mean, you get these some guys that are getting paid to go out there and train. Um, so that's very cool. You know, that was not the case when I was in school. So. Absolutely. I mean, being there on that uh, 2022, I mean, I mean, game against Mexico State, they're overmatched, of course, non-scholarship program against a, uh, an FBS school, even though even though I'll give non-scholarship programs their due because in 2014 Army marched in the available and they did not march out with a win. That that is yeah. something that uh, yeah. that scars my that scars my it was a scar of my childhood slash I guess teenage years just uh, just witnessing us blow a 14 point lead in the available and Ty- Tyler Varga that that name just 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 lives on. It's, yeah, but, um, yeah. But seeing there were that some they- dudes. There were some dudes we played. There was a kid when I was that we. Uh, there was a tight end for Butler that got a shot in the NFL. There was a defensive end for Campbell that was in the Arena Football League for like 10 years. Um, there was some dude, I mean, we played against some dudes that got some shots. Um, so that, you know, there, there's I, there's no shame in the non-scholarship game for me. You know, that's that's life, you know. Um, yeah, so it was cool with me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I was glad that they were able to score points that day against Mexico State, 65 to 3. You know, they were able to yeah. score points. Um, yeah, it was a, 
And it's like people started believing Diego Pavia and the quick lane bowl. I started believing Diego Pavia that day because, yeah, I know it was against Valpo, but he had probably like, and I've said it, I think, like multiple times on the podcast, who you got multiple times. It was like what I saw that day and looking back at that stat line, where it's like watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool. He's scoring touchdowns, but like this man went nine for 13 for yeah. 320 yards and four touchdowns. And like looking at it after, I'm like, that is like people overuse the term video game numbers. Like that's actually video game numbers. Like, so just a, just a significant. That's before we peed on the field. This yes, is, that, that is that's the year before. <laughs> this is pre P and Pavia. <laughs> yeah, pre pre P Pavia, but I got nothing but respect for him because he actually played in uh, the district that I played high school ball in in New Mexico. So oh, really? it's cool to see a guy. That's cool to see a guy like especially too like because uh, his school he was at Volcano Vista. It's on the it's like on the fringes of Albuquerque, um, towards like more close to like Rio Rancho for um all the all the homies back home listening know what i'm talking about but it's cool to see him um and it's like it's like it's like seeing too like the type of player that he is like because we had a time a dozen guys that were former rest that were wrestlers in the offseason and played played ball and offense and it's like yes like that he plays exactly the way a district one five or six a for one year when i was there the district one six a player who wrestles would play like he plays exactly like that so it was just cool to see him getting some national cred so is is he the most popular New Mexico State player since what Terrell Hanks? I have to say, I think for him, I think I think since Larry Rose, honestly, I'll go back to say since Larry Rose, because I wish I wish things would have worked out with Larry Rose, and um, because I'm trying to think of like a player finally getting was like Ro- that. was Rose was Rose before or after Hanks? He was before Hanks, right? Was Hanks? When he was he tank was Hank part of the twenty seven bowl team because I think they're at the same time because if you ask me like right? to name a player right yeah I, I would have named right. Rose I would have named Rose if you asked really? me to name a player in the Aggies because Rose is a hard soul. Giant, well, you remember his kid? Those he had, he looked like a uh, an action figure with those giant weird shoulder muscles that I've only seen in the WWE. And that's all I remember from Terrell Hanks, dude. He didn't do anything in the NFL. I thought for sure I was like, God, that guy's got weird muscles. He's got to be something special. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say he is. I'd say he's most popular since uh since Rose, um. But yeah, like, um. But yeah, I mean Pavia. I was both. I guess long story short, Diego Pavia. You know, great great product from um. You know, from I guess the five hundred five. But yeah, I know I know we uh went way off course there. But uh, <laughs> but Josh, do you have a yeah? I guess one more. If you want to share, I guess where we can find you on Twitter. I mean, where we can read your stuff at the Buckeye Wire and anything else you want to plug. Yeah, man, follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley16. Um, definitely check out my work at Buckeyes Wire. We have uh, I, I also do a podcast with my co-host Mike Chen, who is the local recruiting expert. Um, he hates my comparisons for all the recruits, uh, but we do a podcast called Ohio State of Mind. Um, so definitely check that out. We do it. We go live uh, every Wednesday. Um, but yeah, man, that's kind of what I've been up to. Just trying to dive in, do some scouting reports for some of these uh, these incoming freshmen, and try to get ready for the. Uh, the next season with all the new uh the new incoming guys and you know we'll see what they do in the portal when spring football's over too because I'm sure they're not done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely a wide array of content. I, I gotta catch up on honestly. It's always great for me these connections, but I feel so bad because I got like a laundry list of people to support now, you know, which I love supporting people. I love it, but you know, it's <laughs> it's it's hard. <laughs> Dude, I, I I feel you, man. I, you know, I, I I, I know I know how it goes. The pod, the podcasts are easy to listen to. Click it on, listen to them at work. But when it comes to like when you know somebody's writing and sends me something, I'm like, dude, I 
know, I can't, it's, it's hard to find time. Plus, if you're like me too, 90% of the time you're up, you're 10 o'clock, you got a deadline, you're like, man, what do I write about now? Oh, Damon Arnett got busted with Methodist car? That's a good article. So it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of it is just kind of like, you know, grab and go. So I feel, I feel you. But every now and again, there's something substantial. Every now and again, I'll do, I'll crank out a good scouting report or, or something unique. So definitely keep your eyes out, you know. We definitely uh, break news and, and all that good stuff. Uh, and like I said, Michael does a great job too with his recruiting portion. Absolutely. I mean, I don't tune into that because I've never been a great, I guess, player evaluator, like on, on my podcast in the regular season with, uh, with Jackson, Jackson Danner. He's an X's and O's guy. And I, I'm definitely more the journalist narrative perspective guy. So it, it works out. It's, it's yin and yang. But yeah, scouting reports, not my strong suit. So I definitely will uh, will will watch you guys and, and read you guys' stuff. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me on, dude, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully this is not the last time. Um, I'm sure I'll find some Buckeye topic to talk about. And it's great because now I have Ohio State po- podcast to, for my 13-year-old brother to listen to that I can force him to listen to. So uh, thank you for that, Josh. All <laughs> but, right. Yeah, but uh, until next time, everyone, I'm the Burger Popper, uh, and peace, love, and soul.